Good morning. It's good to see everyone out this morning. I'm thankful to be able to uh, come up here and to speak a little bit. Um, I had a, I was going to prepare a PowerPoint, but I don't know. I just kind of got a late start, and uh, I don't know. I didn't want to make things harder today than they had to be, so um, I don't have a PowerPoint, but next time I'll make sure to have one ready. Um, but, uh, you know, I was just kind of thinking about what I was going to speak on today, and uh, it, it kind of occurred to me, really, uh, we were down in Knoxville, and uh, the, the preacher was, was speaking on a specific subject, and so, you know, it, it kind of stemmed from that, and, and I've heard it a lot, so I, I just kind of thought about it and thought that it would be um, a, a good thing to speak on, because I see it a lot. And so it's not that hard to come up here and just tell you some of the things that I get to see on a day-to-day basis, and I'm sure everybody gets to see on a day-to-day basis, but uh, I just titled the lesson, The World as We Know It, and so, uh, you know, that's one of those things that we could just go out here and, you know, the current state of the world and how we see things, things that happen on a day-to-day basis, people we deal with, and how they act, and how they act about spiritual matters, Um, and so... I guess my opening statement would be that the world we live in today is is uh, very fluid. It changes very quickly. Uh, it's moderate and progressive. The people in it just really, you know, they're they're moving forward. And uh, you know, the the ideas that they have and and things like that, they're always moving forward and changing. And you just really don't know what you're going to get from day to day. Uh, you know, and and just being a young person, you know, I've even seen. Uh, just so much changed since I was younger, um, and I know you know some of these older generations. You all have just seen such m- massive change uh, socially, and uh, of course you know spiritually things that have have happened in the spiritual and religious world. But you know I was thinking about today. People just know and they respect science so much. You hear that all the time. You hear that uh, in politics and things, especially with COVID going on. People just talking about the science and things like that. And people just know it so well today. And, you know, the average IQ is probably at an all-time high. You know, everybody's just so smart. And, and people know it. You know, people, they, you know, they think about it and they're like, I'm really smart. You know, I, I know all this. I have all this knowledge. I've done all this research. And, uh, you know, science is a great thing, and I really just, I listen to the science. And, uh, you know, what I see, and I think what a lot of people see that, you know, have been through it, uh, is that just, it's just arrogance and, uh, you know, this independence that, uh, you know, I know all this, and I've done all this, and, uh, uh, you know, credit to me. And, and really, uh, it's just such a mistaken concept, and, you know, uh, especially these younger generations. So kind of hating on our own generation, but, you know, they showcase really what it looks like to live life without God. Um, you know, uh, I go around school a lot, and, uh, you know, you just, the, the way that these people act and, and so on, there's nothing that resembles uh, spirituality or uh, religion in their daily lives, and uh, they just really exclude God. And, and it just reminded me of a passage, reminded me of a time and a period, uh, that's in Genesis 6, in verse 5. Um, this is right before the flood. And so, uh, you know, today's time kind of reminds me of that, but it, it, this verse says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So, like, everything that was on this man's, on these, these people's hearts was just evil. That's it. Continually. Just, you know, that God looked down on them. He's like, you know what? They don't even consider me from, on a day-to-day basis. It's literally all they think about are just evil things. 
and uh, I, I just I, I, I can relate to that and I see that so much there's nothing uh, you know good in their hearts and uh, so uh, you know these people just, just seem to be kind of floating around and God really really never enters their mind and you know uh, especially now uh, I know just recently the SEC started selling alcohol at uh, football games and I guess at all sporting events and Man, it's just, you know, going to UT football games, it's like people will go so far. I know beer is like $15 a, a pop there, and, you know, people will, will spend all that money. They'll buy several drinks and, uh, you know, don't even get to enjoy the football game because they're just worried about that and things like that. And, uh, you know, they're just, just wanting to go to the end of the earth just to get some alcohol. And, uh, you know, it just uh, – some of these people, you know, especially in the southeast, we're in the Bible Belt. You know, a lot of these people – maybe go to church on Sundays, profess to be religious, believe in God and the Bible, but it just just makes you wonder how, because there's not even a second thought, you know, when, when it comes to alcohol and some of these things, they just, they just go do it, and, and there's no consideration for, you know, what does the Bible say on this? And uh, it kind of, uh, it, it points me to, to Titus in, in uh, chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 15, it says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know, to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about, Glenn pointed out last Sunday uh, in class, uh, the issue really lies with the fact that they're not looking for the truth. They're really not. You know, they go to the Bible not, not looking for truth, not discerning it like the Bereans and really breaking it down and figuring out how does this apply to me. They're looking for justification for their lifestyle. They go in there and they take, you know, we talked about it today in class, Kent, you know, take pieces and parts and just what they think, you know, makes, can make them a good person and be saved. And that's what they apply to their life. And the rest of it, you just throw it out and don't consider it. And, uh, and I find this to be just kind of hard to understand um, because in you know in Psalms one nineteen and and uh, verse one hundred and thirty it says the entrance of your words give gives lights and it and it gives gives light and it gives understanding to the simple so I take the simple there to mean somebody who's kind of simple minded probably not you know real bright necessarily uh, and I think uh, one translation even says childlike so somebody uh, in we were talking down in Knoxville in, in a Bible class uh, he says. Uh, the guy that was leading the class said uh, the Bible is, is somewhere between a fifth and eighth grade reading level. So, you know, it's not really complex to understand. But, you know, the thing that gets me the most is, like, these people are smart. We're, like, at an all-time high, you know, um, of, of knowledge and, and uh, intelligence. So they should really be able to understand it and apply it to their lives better than anybody. But they seem to struggle with it the most. And, and so basically it comes down to the fact that they just they, they find justification or they just accept sin in their life and uh you know um i guess they have a mindset and you know uh, to be to be honest there there have been times when i've had a mindset of you know nothing bad has happened yet and so you just carry on you know there's like no instant punishment so you just carry on but there have been times in my life when there was uh instant punishment and uh, i thought about a story um when i I was about five or, or six, probably. Uh, we, we went to church here, and uh, uh, we're outside after services, and me and Josh Gwynn were outside, and uh, um, all the men were outside congregating, you know, under the, the carport, and uh, Josh took a rock, threw it over the building. So I was like, all right, you know what I have to do. <laughs> uh, so I picked up a rock myself, 
and uh, I did a quick physics calculation in my mind. I'm like, plugged it into a kinematic equation. I was like, 31.6 miles per hour is about what I need to get it over this building. Well, uh, as I released the rock, it's like, oh, I didn't stretch my arm, so I'm not going to be able to get that. But anyway, the, the rock, it, it, it pops up onto the building and might take like one hop up the roof. And then it starts coming back down. And uh, Randy might remember this, but uh, his navigator was parked right underneath the roof there. And uh, that rock hopped right off there and onto Randy's hood. And, uh, you know, pretty good sound. Randy was there. My dad was there. Um, so I remember the shirt my dad was wearing that day. I remember seeing him coming towards me. And, uh, you know, uh, that's about it. Uh, he grabbed me, and we went home, and we worked on my throwing motion is what we did. You know, he was teaching me how to get my core into it a little more and really step into it. No, I actually went home, busted my butt, and I laid under the, the, uh, the bed and cried for a little while. <clears throat> but uh, I miss that sometimes. I, I kind of wish I could go back to that where it's like if you do something wrong, somebody's there to, uh, to punish you, and it's not everlasting. It did hurt for a while, but it's not everlasting. But, you know, people don't get that every day. And uh, so they just carry on in their sin. But what we know is pointed out in Hebrews 9 and verse 27. It's that it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And so, uh, you know, we, uh, we carry on with our lives. Most of the time nothing bad happens. I would say 99% of the time, you know, people go on in their sin and they carry on with their lives and nothing bad happens and they just get old of age and they just die. Uh, you know, even sometimes, uh, you know, they're able to turn it around at the end. And I guess a lot of people, especially religious people, have that in their mind. I'll just, I'll live my life, and then when I get good, you know, and ripe in age, then I'll, I'll turn it around. But, you know, the, the bottom line is the world carries on, the religious world carries on, and even people in the world, in the Lord's church, carry on living in sin. And they bide their time right before they die, and then, you know, hopefully they turn it around. But, uh, you know, they play with fire there, and, uh, you know, too often people get burnt doing that. And I think about uh, in Luke chapter 12, verse 16, it's a parable. It says, and, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You know, and so this is a case where there was instant consequences. This guy... He met his maker, as they say, and, uh, it, and his soul was required of him right then, and he had, he'd had nothing to answer for it. Um, and, and uh, you know, here, here he is thinking to himself, look what I've done, Sim very similar to what we see today. And so, but what people say is this doesn't really happen today. And, of course, as we know, you know, oftentimes uh, miraculous things, they don't happen. Uh, God doesn't work in that way anymore. Um, but, you know, things do happen within the laws of nature that are just tragic in a, you know, just recently, uh, a couple months back anyway, uh, Kentucky basketball player Terrence Clark, you know, I saw it. He was younger than me. I think he was 19 when he died, uh, getting ready to go to the NBA, I think, and uh, just made a stupid decision, speeding, ran a red light, crashed his car, killed him, 19 years old, you know, and he 
he had no notion that that was going to happen. That's just tragic. Um, but things still do happen, and, and so people are wrong to, to look at that. And then, you know, instantly my mind also stems to people that are just in places of power today, just so power-hungry, filthy rich, you know, and, and they exercise their power on people, and you just get this sense that they think that they are at the pinnacle of, of humanity, of really everything. They obviously don't have much to, uh, belief in God as they don't follow what he says. But, you know, they think they're at the pinnacle, and, and you know, they're going to be brought low, and we know that, and we're seeing that. Those who exalt themselves will be abased, and those who abase themselves will be exalted. And we see that, and uh, it's, it's tragic just to see those people with such arrogance carry about their daily lives. And so really what this brings about, and what I, the, kind of the second part of my lesson here, is just I want to talk about this moderate religion that people have. Um, and, and people, they, they carry on their lives, and... Uh, you know, like we talked about, they uh, um, they don't really conform to anything. They they don't listen to God. But this is the part where you know I was talking about the preacher was preaching on. Uh, he 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 often preaches, and, and in years past, I've listened to preachers preach on you know the different doctrines that we see today, and especially you know I see it common in older uh, older generations that they do you know in the denominational world really hold to one religion or the other they're they're pretty strict on the doctrine you know you see Baptists a lot of times you know your your southern baptists and people like that will hold to to things like the rapture you know and uh, and things like that and you know they, they they do stick to their guns pretty well on that the one saved always saved they stick to that uh, but I think what we're starting to see really is more of a merging of religions those people kind of in between and, uh, um, you know, I see it in everyday activities. That, and, uh, you know, people are just, they're, they're kind of moving away from just these separate denominations. And so I think it's important that we recognize that. And I think, you know, just kind of understand what people out here in the world are kind of doing, uh, the things that they're saying and preaching. And so, you know, we need to understand this con- unconditional love that they preach. Um, you know, and, and they talk about it, and really what it comes down to, they just want more acceptance. They want you to just kind of see past people's faults and things like that. They don't want you to address it. They just want you to, under, you know, love that person and love them. Uh, and, and you hear the word love just used so carelessly in the religious world, but, you know, there's a spot in, in 2 Timothy 4 where I think the word love is kind of addressed and how it should be properly uh, used as Christians. So in 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 1, it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they have, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So, you know, as you look throughout this, this is what love is. This is preaching the word to those around you. This is realizing that everybody that you deal with on a daily basis, has they have souls, and they need saving. And so if you love them, the same way that if you love God, it's a call to action, really. If you love God, then you keep his commandments. You don't give him lip service. Yes, God, I love you, I love you. But if you really love him, you're going to do his commandments, and you're going to be obedient. Same way that if you love these people, it's a call to action. It's a call to tell them, hey, look, here's the gospel. 
And, and, you know, this is what you need to do to be saved. I don't agree with what you're doing right now. I don't agree with what you preach or, or what have you. But, you know, the true love is being able to correct people, you know, for, for the good of their souls and not just going along with what they want to do just to not hurt their feelings. And then, you know, they also preach, uh, or they don't preach it, but they live uh, with an acceptance of sin, really. Um, you think about, you know, I just see the people in the world, they're just like, you know, it's, if it's just this one thing, you know, I'm a really good person, but it's just like this one thing that, I, you know, I drink or, you know, I cuss or, or just, you know, all this. You see people out in the world that they, they just accept sin in their life, and there's really no justification for it. And uh, they, just, they just go on living in it and, you know, but what we know is in Romans 6.23 is that the wages of sin are death. So even a single sin is going uh, to be devastating, uh, the result of that. So, you know, we just need to, to, to remember that and, and to, to point that out to them that there is no sin that can be, you know, in your life and you be in a saved condition. And, uh, you know, you look at Paul. He had the thorn in the flesh. And, uh, you know, obviously it really bothered him. He prayed for it to be removed, but uh, it wasn't to be. So Paul just had to bear that, and he had to get rid of that, you know, and, and uh, whatever it was that he was dealing with, he had to put up with it, and, and I think he did. Uh, you know, the other thing that you kind of see in the religious world is, uh, and, and even in the church, unfortunately, is just the appearance of, appearance of atheism. You know, people just walk around in their daily lives with no relation to God whatsoever they nothing they do points to them being a good person or a Christian and uh, you know that's just kind of the the world we live in today they don't want to rattle any cages or anything like that they just want to go through life and just you know so if there's no mention of God or, or there's no you know constraint or restraint in their life uh, they're just out there living it up you know you see the appearance of atheism uh, unfortunately all too common and then uh, there's also the idea that repentance isn't necessary for forgiveness. One time I was talking to a uh, classmate and a, a teammate on my basketball team, and uh, he told me this. Um, for example, uh, he was speaking on the uh, behalf of homosexuals and how that they can possibly be in the church, uh, but not, not necessarily, uh, you know, in sin. Uh, basically, they just ask for forgiveness every day or, or what have you uh, and maintain a relationship with God, and uh, they can be forgiven. But, of course, they don't have to repent of their sin. They just have to ask for forgiveness. And we know that that's not correct. Um, you know, Acts 8.22. Uh, uh, Simon there was told to repent and pray that he may be forgiven. So, obviously, there has to be repentance before there can be forgiveness. Uh, and then, you know, something that Kent alludes to often in his class, I think we probably even talked about it today, uh, just people just take God's word, change it, you know, deform it, take away from it, whatever they need to do. And uh, that's super common practice today. Um, you just really don't know what you're going to get. Uh, but, you know, people really take away from God's Word so often. And, of course, you know, in Revelations 22, we can see that God will not stand for that. Um, and and in my, on my Bible app, there's a, this section is called a warning. Okay, so this is a warning to people who think that they can play with God's word and change it and deform it, take away from it, add to it. But starting in verse 18, it says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So there's the warning. Yet people still do it. 
and uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, I, I believe there are some things that are meant to be done in moderation, uh, kind of as these people do. They live moderately, you know, uh, this moderate religion. You know, uh, the Bible preaches that, uh, uh, you know, eating, uh, overeating and gluttony is sin. Uh, you know, exercise, it profiteth little is what is said about it. So, you know, maybe doing those things in moderation would be a good idea and some other things. But for the most part, I would say that God's commandments, moderation is not the answer. You know, when we think about some of the, the worship activities and things that we do on a daily basis as Christians, they're to be done constantly. And we're supposed to seek Him and glorify Him just as often as we can. And so that's looking like, you know, prayer all the time, studying as much as possible, teaching people around us, serving and loving one another, and just resisting the devil. You know, and we should be applying all to that, not just moderate. You know, it shouldn't just be somewhere in the middle, floating around. You know, this should be done with purpose and intent and vigor. Um, and, you know, these things can certainly just be, they can just be applied liberally. You don't have to worry about it. There's no uh, constraint here. And, uh, you know, that's certainly different than everyone else out in the world. But, you know, certainly that's okay because we know that we live here for a short season. And, uh, you know, so we need to be doing God's work and be busy about those things. Um, and so, but, you know, as Christians and as we look out in the world and even among ourselves, you know, we're to be uh, filled with brotherly love and to help one another. But I think that this type of moderate religion really yields a, a low-hanging fruit where people are just kind of in a conglomerate. They don't really hold to one thing or another. So to me, it's, it's super easy to, to talk to these people and just help them to see, look, I mean, you're somewhere in the middle, but you're not, you know, getting anywhere good with this. So... Perhaps you should look more closely at the Bible and what it says about authority and what it says about obeying the truth. And, uh, you know, you can't just be floating around in the middle, adding and taking away from God's Word and just applying what you want. And uh, so in Romans 10, 14, it says, How then... Shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So it's our job to go out to those people and just say, Hey, look, I think you're in, in, in error here. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, you're going to this, you're attending this church over here. But do you really know what they believe? And do you know how that aligns with the Bible or doesn't align with the Bible? And so, you know, I think that uh, it's very important that we do that. And I think it's, it's kind of easy, you know, because a lot of these people in the, the, the churches they attend, they don't even fully understand the doctrine of where they go. But the bottom line is that we have the gospel. And the gospel, as we know, means good news. And so why would we withhold this good news from all the people out there in the world and keep it to ourselves? You know, it needs to be spread. It needs to be told because it, it's a very good thing. And, and them being them having a soul and needed, needing saving, and, and we have the truth. So we definitely need to, to share that. So the bottom line is if there's anyone here today that uh, just, you know, has been having problems with this, just kind of floating through life, not really getting anything done for the Lord, or, you know, you just feel like you haven't been out there teaching and preaching, you just need encouragement. You know, if there's anybody here that is just has never obeyed the gospel period you know there's a plan for that we have a definite plan it's right here in the bible it's uh you know hear believe repent confess and be baptized and then live faithfully so if you're not living faithfully uh certainly we can help you with that as well 
just come up, be encouraged, let us pray for you, uh, repent of your sins, and let's go forward. But, you know, I just encourage everyone to, to take this and just, and just realize we have the best news in the world right here. We have the plan of salvation and the, and the way to heaven. So if there's anyone that has a need, come forward now as we stand and as we sing.